Hello, and welcome to Shivo versus the First World. I'm Sheila D. And I am Evo Terra. You're listening to our podcast about the reverse culture shock we go through every day after returning home to America after three and a half years of expat living abroad. Today, we crack open a topic that Evo is more than a little allergic to. Here's the question. Is the ethnic food you're eating really authentic? But before Sheila makes my head explode, a quick reminder of the benefits of becoming our patron. You get bonus episodes, early access. It's really the best way for you to show your support for what Sheila and I do every week. Assuming we stick to a weekly schedule, which we are much more inclined to do when new people like yourself become a patron. So, do your part in keeping us regular. Hey, what a segue. Because, you know, eating makes you regular and... Yes. Anyways, living in Phoenix, Arizona, it really seems like there is a new ethnic restaurant popping up on every corner. Ethiopian food, Peruvian food, Dominican Republic food. You could possibly eat the cuisine of a different culture at least once a week, maybe even twice a week, for an entire year, and still not have covered all of our ethnic food choices. And that's us in this overgrown cow town we call Phoenix. Near the end of our travels, I became a fan, (laughs) a really, really big fan, of noodles, specifically the noodles of northern China. A couple years ago, listener, Sheila fell in love with the food of the Sichuan region of China. Though it clearly goes deeper than that, and I think that experience changed her palate. We're now going to break whatever the audio equivalent of the fourth wall is and talk directly to each other instead of to you. Insert appropriate audio cue here. How exactly did you come to love a chili pepper that I hate. It would have been when we went to Chengdu and uh, the Niccolo Hotel introduced us to the the Sichuan chili pepper. And I absolutely fell in love. I remember when that happened, it was me, it was you, it was Eric and Amber, our traveling companions, and they had that big spread out and they said, this is the Sichuan, and I think it was a shrimp dish that they had. And I was dissatisfied with it. I kept thinking there was a slimy, silvery, weird tasting thing in my mouth. And you all thought I was insane. Well, you are. going on and on about how great that particular pepper is. It was really amazing and super hot. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, well, and I think that's the cool thing. Yes, it's hot, but it's a flavor that you love now. And ignoring the fact that I don't really care for it. uh, Nonetheless, you certainly like it, but Mm -hmm. it's not just that. You found other... Yeah. spicy foods that you really enjoy. Yeah, well, for instance, last night when we uh, we went to go have ramen, I ordered my my ramen medium. Which is pretty toasty warm in a good yeah. ramen place. Yeah, yeah. And so mine ended up coming out hotter than anybody else's. Yeah, I see you just loading up, you know, when we're eating some Thai food or whatever, you're just adding on the extra sauce. Hot, hot, hot. As you do. Pet mak mak. Pet mak mak. <laughs> Let's transition back to Chinese food for a moment. Uh, when we got to this new condo that we're living in here in Phoenix, my love, yes. you may recall that uh, the gentleman who was the leasing manager was from China. Yes. We have a few Chinese residents yes. around here. So I asked for some local food recommendations, local Chinese food recommendations. He gave us one 
but we weren't all that satisfied. Were yeah, we? it was a little lackluster. Um, not not what I was thinking. It it more tasted like anything else I could find around town. Yeah, to me, the flavor was, as you said, tasted like every other Chinese place I'd been yeah. to, which isn't, and that's an American Chinese place, right? which just means way too much soy sauce. Right. And <laughs> just kind of not very great uh, quality ingredients. Yeah. Although that place and one other that I've been to. Okay. I have a funny feeling that there's two different menus. Oh. I think there's a menus that we guaylo get. I yep. think that's the right word. I think guaylo Guilo. is the appropriate term. And then there is the term is it- that the... What? Long Wai. Long Wai is long nose, right? Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah, I think Guaylo is for a Cantonese place, and then Long right. Wai is probably for Mandarin. Right. right. We're one of those. <laughs> They've got that menu, which is out public, but I think they keep some hidden private menus down below, which is okay. real Chinese food that you wouldn't expect to see. That's my guess. That could be. Yeah. That could be. You know, as I think about China, it's such a massive country. Bigger than this country. Uh, uh, yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> so, you know... The idea that all Chinese food would taste the same is kind of silly. So my understanding, it's the same as people from Cincinnati who think it's perfectly normal to put chocolate in their chili. (laughs) I don't eat chili, but that just seems like a weird place to put it. It it is weird, and you're right. We, just in America, we have varying degrees of what food means. That Cincinnati example is perfect of that. That likely happens in China. Right. There are likely people in China who eat the local Chinese food that we are having here and say, that's exactly what I want food to taste like. Right. Because they don't know what anything else, that that's what their desire is. It's big. Yeah. It's weird, right? So it's it's hard to come up with what the food is supposed to take like, taste like in a country that's a continent. Right. That's really, really, really large, yeah. right? The other thing I think to bring up with our ex-leasing agent here is I think it's pretty safe to say that just because someone is born in a country... It doesn't necessarily make them an expert in the cuisine of that country. Not or even, everybody's a foodie. Well, exactly right. I mean, are you going to take lessons from some cousin of yours that's never left Moore, Oklahoma <laughs> and no. thinks that dining at Whataburger is an exotic experience? <laughs> well, know? it is from Texas. <laughs> of course not, right? Texas is a whole nother right. country. People like their comfort food. They like food to taste the way that they want it to taste, right? I don't see Cracker Barrel running out of customers anytime real soon. That parking lot is always, always jam-packed. But... Leaving that conversation of the geography that certainly might matter, because that's gross oversimplification, but nonetheless, the food from northern India tastes vastly different than that of southern India. Uh, I want to talk about your favorite dish that was really discovered while we were traveling, and that is the national dish of Thailand, Pad Thai. I do love me some Pad Thai. Why? I, I like the simplicity of it. But you can also doctor it up so that it has as much flavor as you want it. You can mm-hmm. add tofu. You can add shrimp. You, I think they, it, I don't know. Does it come with pork sometimes? Sure. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, it, more often than not, it, it's either shrimp or chicken. tofu. Or chicken. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, chicken. Yeah. I don't know. I forget about your food. <laughs> <laughs> Normal people. Everybody else that actually eats all of the foods available to them. Let's forget about that. Yeah, you're, you're a big fan of pad thai. And, but here's the funny thing about pad thai that I want to let the, let the audience know about. Uh, pad thai, while it might be the most authentic Thai food, that's because it was engineered. It was completely and totally made up just... Like in the 1930s, it was a, a contest that the current administration, I, I believe it was a royal family member or maybe it was a prime minister. You know what? I think it was a prime minister at the time. Okay. Said, we're going to have a contest to have the national dish of Thailand 
it's going to be called Pad Thai. You have to use these certain noodles. And so they, they made it. And people created what they thought it was. And this was it. This was designed. Pad Thai is said to be the perfect blending of Thai flavors. Thais do a very good job of blending in the sweet, the salty, with the bitter, with the umami, spicy. and the spicy. Right. right? Um, sweet, salty, bitter, sour. That's what sweet, salty, bitter, and then umami. Those are the five spices. They do a nice job of blending that together. They do. And Pad Thai is the perfect in Thai's world, blending of this. Yep. But here's the deal. Again, this was made less than 90 years ago. Right. So if a Thai person is talking about how much they like Pad Thai, they must be new. Right. Because their great grandma <laughs> didn't eat Pad Thai. They didn't make it. No, they couldn't make it. Right. It was created in the 1930s. No one did. It's like one of the few dishes in Thailand that is eaten with chopsticks as I... opposed to forks. Right. Or knives. Or no knives, but spoons. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is bizarre. You were gonna say? I've, well, I think it's like you know um, the spaghetti of our time. You know, when you go went back home when you grew up, yeah. and for you it was the mac and tomato juice. Sure, sure. Um, but I think it's that for most of the Thai people. It's but not, not with a pad Thai, huh? It can't be pad Thai. That's not their comfort food. They go back to. What do they go back to? The, oh, yeah, it was only yeah, made yeah, in yeah, 1938. Yeah. So no, I mean the current people. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... I don't know. Do you think that the government went through and said, now that it's the national dish, everyone must eat Pad Thai? I don't think that's the no, case. I think probably. it was all a publicity thing. I don't know. It is I don't Thai. think normal Thai people, and I hate to use that word, I don't think they eat Pad Thai. No, they might not. Unless they go to some place super fancy, like, okay. like Tip Semai. Right. The most famous Pad Thai restaurant in the world that does this really weird combination of shrimp sauce, and which is orange, and then a little egg coating that goes over your Pad Thai all mixed together. I mean, that's a wonderful experience. Oh, yeah. You do see a lot of Thai people in there, but... Well, there's a line out the forever for, to get it. It's it's SRO all the, all the time there. But with the exception of that, uh-huh. I will bet you, if you thought back to the number of times you have been out with someone who was Thai... Yeah, they don't Thai pick food. it up. They don't yeah. do it. It is not comfort food. It's a completely made up food yeah. Yeah. in Thailand. It's for us people, <laughs> which is, <laughs> is kind of weird. Kind of weird yeah. when you think about it. So clearly, ethnic food, at least country level food, is a bit of a misnomer. Yet we Americans have an obsession of finding the best, insert country, food in town. Is that something you embrace about the first world? Are you embarrassed as a member of Western civilization? Or is it so bad it makes you want to escape back to developing nation? I'm, I'm a tad bit embarrassed by right. it if I had to pick okay. one. I certainly am not going to escape to the third world because I don't have as good of food options as I right. do here where there is you know, so many, many places. There, I'm certain there are certain cities that are that way. But developing nations, yeah, not so much. It's usually the higher <laughs> no. developed where you get there. So yeah, I'm going to go with embarrassed by okay. it. I just don't know what the solution is. Well, I, I think the solution is awareness. I, I don't think many people understand that there's a difference between the different kinds of Chinese food sure. or Indian food and that kind of thing. And so I, th I think it comes from, you know, just an awareness of what's out there and trying new things, not just going to the same old Chinese food restaurant. Right. Can I also just start, you know, making fun of people who talk about authentic food when it's really not? How do you know? Have you tried all the places they've been? That's why I'm going to tell them it's not authentic. <laughs> what the hell does that even mean? I'm just going to start lambasting them. 
Anyhow, hey, up at the start of the show, I mentioned our amazing patrons. Now, if you are not yet a patron, you can become one quickly by visiting shivo.wtf slash patrons. Patrons all get access to bonus episodes of the program, like this week's bonus content, where we talked about some of our favorite places to eat now that we're back here in Phoenix, and kind of went into the noodle quest, if you will. What it was like for us being kids, us having a kid, and seeing kids overseas. It's a real fun episode, but only patrons get it. So, chivo.wtf slash patrons. Don't forget that some patrons are eligible for special gifts. We've sent handwritten postcards, care packages from abroad, and of course, the special, exclusive, patron-only content Evo just mentioned. Dozens of listeners just like you think this show is worth a couple of bucks a month. If you agree, get on the list at shivo.wtf slash patrons today. Thank you for indulging us on one more opportunity to poke fun at people who use the word authentic in their lexicon. I know I have hated it for the longest time. Hopefully you enjoyed our slightly cynical, if not overly cynical, look on Western civilization, which we do each and every week. And thank you for listening to Shivo versus the First World. For more episodes and easy ways to listen each week, just go to shivo.wtf slash podcasts. And neither of us are hard to find on any of the social media platforms. I'm Sheila D. And I am Evo Terra. We'll be back next week with another adjustment to your first world problems. Cheers. Cheers.